All right. Welcome back to episode three of our new podcast that uh, we are calling as of now. And I feel like, you know, titles are always uh, up for discussion. It's hard. You know, it's hard. They're always up for discussion. So I am not going to say this is our permanent name, but this is the name of our podcast as of episode three. (laughs) We're workshopping it. We're workshopping it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Welcome to Catfights and Collard Greens. If you take a listen, if you know us, it makes sense. It's where we, uh, we're kind of a weekly recap review show of all things Housewives, Housewives-esque, because we don't just stick to Housewives shows. We have a lot going on. All of the shows that you're all watching, but afraid to admit that you're watching, we're open about it. Absolutely. Safe space. uh, Exactly. And we are, uh, normally we'll break down every Thing about each housewife show that Bravo is airing this week and then a couple extras but we're throwing that all out today because we have some breaking news and breaking news is what we're used to around here we take it as it comes and we lean in so right off the bat I believe earlier last week I shared a link with you about Jeff and Jenny that we thought was just smoke we are always in Jeff's comment section yeah always Always. we live there that's where you can find us we live there (laughs) jeff lewis host of flip not host i mean i would say the face of super flipping out of course he has a whole crew jenny zoila gage you know the names but there was some trouble out there in la and it seems to only be building that there's now a jeff versus jenny sort of pr rush ahead of the premiere it appears we could be on track for the last season of Flipping Out. This is huge news if you're an old-school Bravo fan because this was one of the foundation shows. And, Brooke, I'm going to say this. As someone who's watched from 2007 until now, I always feared this day was coming. Where are you on this? You know, so when we first started talking about this, I when you first sent me the link, my first thought immediately is, this is publicity. Cut it out. They're going to get back together. Cut it out. But um, you know, I thought this is publicity. This is promo for the new season. And maybe part of it is because, listen, Jeff likes to twist around. Not even twist around, but he likes to be super open in a comical way about real things that are going on in his right. life. And so, you know, there was a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But now I think you may be right because there's so much that's coming out about this that we're finding out and putting it all together. And it just makes too much sense. It, it, and this really hurts. This is like a loss in the family. It is. Being we are forced huge to choose. Out fans. And yes. I, I don't want to choose here. I want to love them both and will continue to do so. But there was a source that spoke this most recent story. The source says in so many words that the differences this time are just too big to overcome. This source a vibe I got from it that it was likely Gage, Jeff's partner, uh-huh. um, co-parent to their child, their daughter. Monroe. And Monroe. Don't forget to name her, but we can name her, I guess. <laughs> it's out there. It's but, out there. You know, it's on its Don't page. forget that Jenny is the one who introduced Gage to Jeff. So I would imagine that Gage might feel some conflict here, too. But when I took a, a macro look at this and started thinking about all the seasons of Flipping Out, Um, Ahead of this one, we've always seen Jeff kind of rage through relationships, Mm -hmm. whether it's Zoila, um, Chris, Jeff Pink, the surrogate to his child, uh, Trace. That was a huge plot point, too. Ryan. sister-in-law. 
Ryan. The, the the names go on and on and on and I a long list of temporary employees that we don't even have time to run through right we, we, we'll be here all day friends but clients i will say every time i tend to lean towards jeff and i feel like here's my reasoning you are free to disagree okay but there is such a nakedness to jeff's putting it all out there like here's what where i feel i am i'm a work in progress i could be wrong but here's where i feel things have broken down and it's a tough thing to love but it's jeff's truth and if you you're not with jeff's truth maybe you and jeff don't belong together and that could be where jenny now is so i don't know if i disagree with you i you know where i stand in this you know you started talking about picking sides it's not hard for me to pick a side but mm. also logic jumps in and so one i think jenny's right i think i could never work for jeff lewis it, it seems impossible i think it is logic that she has been able to um navigate through his behavior but then also i will always choose jeff lewis so it's <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> I, I have both things going okay and you know I, I thought about Jenny Poulos. I, I also do love Jenny Poulos. I think she's in a very weird space, too. Jenny is now in this motherhood space. Her priorities have realigned. She might be looking back at an, an acting career she never saw fully realize. And, realize. and possibly blaming that. Well, let's get to what the news that, that, that broke, at least to, to me, uh-huh. today, the portion of this. That flipping out was Jenny's idea. As a vehicle to promote herself and her then actor husband, Chris. Right, right. I'm like, Chris, who we does Chris even deserve to be named? Because well, obviously, we have know. not forgiven Chris. Well, well, but I want to put you on to something else. Now that you have this background from Jenny, this appears, I believe, in her autobiography, whatever it was, um, this context. I would venture to guess there is a lot that Jenny is still holding on to. Perhaps that missed opportunity, perhaps the demise of her first marriage, mm-hmm. um, and many other things that are are tough truths when you start to hit a point in your life where Jenny now is, I'm presuming, late 40s, <laughs> um, two small children, and a life that may have started about 10 years later than she was hoping. I mean, I think it seems like, just as a human, this would not be something easy to handle if you had dreams of being an actress you're living in los angeles to be an actress that's what you want to do you have an idea to uh use do you have a reality show about you and working part-time jobs to fund your life while you're trying to become a big Mm -hmm. actress and you talk your boss you have this quirky boss temporary boss a part-time boss you talk him into being on your cameras just because you know you need extra people you need bosses. You need employers when this show about your employee right. life. And he accidentally, because he is just magic, he steals the show. Mm-hmm. And then the network finds it. They want to buy it. They come back around and they say, listen, we want you, but we really want Jeff. But we think this could be a successful show. It could make you a star. It can make you a lot of money. And you have to choose between all of that, but also knowing that you will then become known as 
your boss's assistant on a reality show and it may harm your acting career, but it's too big of an opportunity to just miss out on. And you have to do that for the rest of your life while you're still, while you're becoming famous and cashing a lot of checks. I'm assuming a lot of good checks. I hope so. And, you know, living a pretty happy life. But then also remember this boss is not easy to work for. We all love Zoila, and even she had a breaking point. Okay? But let's, let's attach to that the other development in that article, which was Jenny only showed up for filming. She's no longer a full-time, at that time, a full-time employee at Jeff Lewis Design. So not only are you not really living that life anymore. This is just your job. Th- this, this is show. now just for the camera. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also kind of like a Shakespearean twist here, which is, you do this show as an effort to launch your stardom. Your boss becomes the unwitting star. Um, this is what Hollywood is. Right. Does not always happen the way you want it to happen. Part of me wonders, um, was this a tough pill that Jenny should have swallowed day one and just said, hey, if I want to get some income, some notoriety, some advancement, I have to do this and accept that I'm not the top bill here. And I think she tried to make that work and maybe she has hit a wall. They're both in such different spaces today than they were 10 years ago. And maybe the ride's just over and we all have to accept it. You know, they're, they seemed like both so happy, but I am not surprised. Just as a human, I just want to give her the fact that I'm not surprised that there is some sort of resentment. Um, right. coming from this is not it's just that that's just not easy you know what i mean um yes that's just yes. not easy so i'm not surprised that there is some weird sort of um resentment when it comes to her relationship with jeff and you know does jeff have any responsibility in his behavior come on absolutely yes. absolutely but i think he's know. doing his best also i <laughs> i just he- think that the way I think he's doing his best. You know, Jeff has lost a, a business. Oh, yeah. Because of, you know, just not, you know, they, just everyone doesn't get it. Everyone's unable to navigate around it. And I, he's I, able I, to be a star because he's worth it. So um, I do want to say, too, um, this is all happening. The season hasn't started yet. So, of <laughs> course, we're now all watching the show with new eyes. Um, as we start this perhaps final season. But also, too, Jeff has his radio show on Sirius. I used to have that trial account. The show is amazing. I I love Jeff Lewis, and I contemplated getting a Sirius XM account just for his show. Just to listen to it. It's going to be interesting going forward if he keeps the show because Bravo has gotten Jeff in their crosshairs before for exposing plot points on Orange County he had a whole fallout with Vicky that began on this show. And now we know that Jeff um, is kind of outing a big um, arc of this coming season. And they also hinted that Jeff's radio show could be on the fence. My man's going for broke. He is in the black now. He needs this Bravo stuff. So if you're going to go out big, Jeff, I'm right behind you, buddy. Like when God. I get my money stacked up, you are doing my house. Listen, I want, I have one thing, though, to say. I think, um, I, I think that Jeff loves Jenny I think that Jenny loves Jeff I don't believe that this is permanent I just don't know if I believe anything 
with them, you know, as far as them breaking up would be. And maybe this is just my hope. Hmm. And also Jeff said something, you know, the network won't want, they won't want the show without Jenny. I, uh, I I'm agree sure to that. disagree. Okay. Same. That was a nice thing to say, Jeff, though. It was, that's really how I know you're growing to say, but I think the show went through kind of like a slump for a season or two, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then it came back and Jeff came back and it's booming. And I think, you know, the show is about Jeff. It, it, it is very much about Jeff. Yeah. I think people thought that Zoila was a key ingredient. I don't think she is. I think the sort of like unsaid truth here is that Jeff can carry this show all by himself. Whoever you stack in there with him, they help. But with or without them, the show will carry on. I and- would watch a show about Jeff walking up on sleeping people at airports and taking oh, yeah. them. Like, I he can do anything. 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 But I do want to keep us honest time-wise. Okay, yes, So great. I want to pass the baton to you. And I think next on our menu is going to be part three of The Real Housewives of New York City. I think we can do a little mashup of part two and part three. Because we, we have some do, catching yeah. up to do. We can try okay. to squeeze those both in. Um, yes, The Real Housewives of New York City. This current season is over. Unless there's a secrets revealed. And you know how I feel about those. Um, Wasting my <laughs> time. Right. Then, um, but... Uh, so basically, these last two episodes of the reunion essentially were where we got to see the big booms in the trailer. We got to see those play out. And I have to be honest, it was a little um, disappointing. Underwhelming. Agreed. A little underwhelming. The highly anticipated Bethany shoving the phone in Carol's facing. What was that about? Seriously, all of that was about the guy from Speed Dating? <laughs> Red Scarf, Seriously. who doesn't Red even Scar- live in Manhattan. Who we don't care about. I mean, it just that. I mean, seriously, you know, seriously, uh, okay. But if since since they gave it to us, we got to break it down. My thoughts on that is as once I got through my annoying my mm-hmm. annoyment is that a word? Um, I they're both <laughs> right. They were both right. Listen, Bethany was trying to oh, on really? Carol. Both I don't right. think Bethany wants that guy. I don't even know if Carol wants that guy, but Bethany was trying to stunt on Carol because she was jealous of her getting attention. And that's just how the, every, the whole half, second half of the season, Bethany was just trying to kind of get over on Carol. And just she was just really like working through her frustrations. These were my thoughts. But then on the other side, I believe Bethany was telling the truth. He didn't like Carol. And he was trying to hit on Bethany. I don't think Bethany would have brought, it was very Ramona-like though that day at the table to bring it up as if <laughs> like, well, I mean, I don't want him. He wants me, but you can have him, girl. Like that was very Ramona-like. And I think Bethany in normal instances would be against that and would think that that was petty, but she did it. So I think they were both right. There was some like, you know, Bethany was telling the truth in it, but the reasons for saying it, I think Carol was right. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I want to say this about, this kind of last um, two rounds of the reunion here. Um, I kind of believe all these different shows are in conversation with each other in ways that we don't see until we get to this point. I felt like Bethany, a steward of the institution that is Atlanta Mm -hmm. came into this reunion with zingers and stingers to just make sure that she lived on, and gift them and like one liner them just mm-hmm. to further diminish whatever Carol brought to the table. 
And the whole thing about the narrative punch she gave her, like, oh, that's your new word, narrative. And then the whole gesture. I also heard a story. These kind of like childish playground jives that are just so effective. So what she does is she makes Carol seem like a blithering old lady. The entire second two, well, second and third parts. And it was effective. I will tell you this. I know we are on two different sides of this issue. We are. I did come out of this season on Team Bethany. I feel like Carol was able to manipulate vulnerabilities in Bethany that brought out the worst in her. And we've discussed too, perhaps, I think it was you. It does appear that Bethany has a mothering need in her friendships with older women that we've seen with Jill, we've seen with Sonia now, we're seeing with Carol in the past. And that's kind of a safe space for her and a relationship she wants to see continue. And she also, for whatever reason, cannot accept change. That was a big word towards the end of part three. You changed. No, you changed. No, you all changed. Guess what? Change is fine. It's totally (laughs) fine. Everybody changes. I think that there is, this is, it's the same thing with Bethany over and over and over again. I think Bethany gets away with a lot. I think that Bethany says she has a lot of zings. She takes a lot of digs. She's, you know, generally, you know, one of the smartest in the room. She's one of the funniest in the room, one of the quickest in the room. And she always has somebody who has her back. And what happens is she is unchecked. She goes unchecked when she has someone who has her back because you will be on the, there were a lot of moments when it was Bethany and Carol as a team where Bethany and Carol both needed to be checked and they allowed each other ridiculous kind of mean girl behavior because they were a team no matter what. Well, when the team splits up, that behavior just goes haywire. And it's just, I guess, ironic that uh, one or the other is trying to check something that they both were seemingly okay with for, you know, at least a year. I will say, too, the thing about, I'm going to challenge Bethany a bit because I don't think she's always the smartest person in the room. I think she is the most persistent person in the room. And that's a very New York City way of, like, getting ahead is kind of like our president right now. The more you repeat something, the more it's believed, the more it seems like the right message when it's not always the case. So you will see Bethany try to out talk and out maneuver people with a stance that it's not correct, but it's more effective because it comes across as strongest. Ramona does this as well. I was just going to say Ramona does this, but not well, (laughs) but that's just the way that dynamic works and you were talking about kind of like bethany needing to have um a right hand mm-hmm. i was thinking a lot about the end of part three where andy who has his own problems being effective in this whole three-parter here asked each cast member what their regrets were and if you were listening perhaps the way i was they were certainly trying to position themselves to have allies so Bethany, for example, apologized to Dorinda about the drunk comment, right? Mm-hmm. Then who has her back later in the game? Dorinda. All right, so then Tensley apologizes to Sonia, and then now they seem to be repaired for now. Um, Carol had no regrets, and then Bethany pointed that out too. She apologized about their friendship fallout, but there was no actual kind of like, I have regrets for how I handled Bethany or whatever. Right. It was if it, it was those half apologies. It was essentially I punched you, but I'm sorry that your cheek hurts. Right. Exactly. Right. And then so Carol kind of like 
set that up for a second. I thought maybe she's trying to like get back on the show, perhaps saw the error of her ways. And then when she ended without giving no kind of apology, I'm like, oh, no, she is out of here. She's not there. Can we go back to Bethany's apology, though, to Dorinda? Because if I I had to watch that twice, Mm. Bethany get, I mean, it was not an apology. No. Okay, she said she apologized without taking any responsibility whatsoever and kind of stood tall in her comment essentially it was like basically like it was essentially the exact same thing that carol did but what sold it was dorinda hears what dorinda wants to hear and she heard those words she had been wanting you know some sort of reprieval from being the drunk Mm -hmm. from being an alcoholic that she just heard that piece of apology and it was enough Dorinda sold Bethany's apology because Bethany was not really apologizing. If you listen to her words, I wish I had a transcript, but it wasn't like, I'm sorry for calling you a drunk. That was responsible. I should not have said that. It was essentially like, you know, there were things going around. There were things said. I think you heard drunk. And, you know, I think like that was a weird thing to say. And, you know, it it was like, wait a minute. So are you, do you think she's a drunk or should you? Yes. Like what's are we? But, but Dorinda ran with it and just started crying. And then Bethany accepted it like Taylor Swift at the VMAs. Okay. <laughs> like she ran, she was like, yes, you know, yes. Give us a hug. That like, means a lot girl, to me, like, Bethany. That means a lot to me. Exact same thing. Also, when you come about those apologies. Um, I, so I started this episode, episode three, thinking, you know, Andy is done with Carol. Carol has gotten herself oh, yeah. It is over. And I, you listen, Marlo deserved a break from the show because what she said was not okay. Um, but um, then Andy kind of made some fun with it because he was not happy with that whole, oh, now I'm scared of her. Yeah, I'm scared of her. He was not happy with that criticism. And then right. they kind of came back around and he was like, yeah, you yelled at me. But listen, I yelled at both of you. And that was kind of a good, I think, um, I don't know if Andy just hates her as much as it seemed like that's where we were going but what you know oh, what, what were you going to say something well, they were friends before the show they were Bethany friends before and the show. andy um but i'm sorry carol and andy the thing this is where i think we need andy to step back from his duties or at least have a co-host because i thought one he lost complete control of that reunion especially in part three and especially in like part one um and I think he feels so bonded with these women that one, he allows them to over talk points that should not be over talked. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, as we have seen with Bethany and others, he allows some people more time and more latitude than he allows other people. So if you're on the receiving end of that, it, it does look and feel very biased, which is why I think Carol was correct in kind of calling him out. Perhaps the way she did it, not the best way, but those concerns are really there. But I, I also think too, that with this whole reunion thing, if there's not enough for three episodes, guys, don't give me three. Don't give, give me, me three. A You're right. Hour and a half. Don't give me two. I mean, give one me could say str- that entire gigantic segment about Luann without Luann in episode two could have, uh, could have been cut. Right. That could have they- been a web special. What they could have done is, all right, we will do this reunion with the people who are here. And when Luann is out, you will all be on Watch What Happens Live. We will have Luann there for right. one we'll give him, segment right. about Luann. Done. 
Right. Um, so we got to wrap this up. But one, I want to touch on one more thing before we wrap sure. up, just because it is funny to me. The Sonia and Tinsley fight, I even 100% team Tinsley in that. I think Sonia was wrong. And I was struggling with watching her once again not, not take any real responsibility. And it was just like gross. And we're watching it go back. And Tinsley's being very forgiving and very kind, but she was completely right. So you basically <laughs> called her a prostitute and a gold digger. Yes. I mean, that's essentially what she called her. And it was totally nasty and rude. And it's all built on Sonia's jealousy. And it seems weird to be jealous of arguably the woman who invented what it is to be a New York City socialite. But um, uh, because you knew what it was coming in, even though 1, she was down, you knew what it was. But also my favorite part of that whole thing as that is going on, what happens? Well, Ramona gets a cramp and needs to oh. stand up conveniently when the conversation just happened to not be about her. <laughs> just what? she had been spinning. Right. What? But but ish, I mean, I'm not saying that was the right thing to do, but Ramona is 60. Ramona Plus. is Ramona. <laughs> I I do want to say one last thing about okay. New York before moving on. What I see on this show is like women who seem to be frequently jealous of women younger than them and it's we have come full circle between uh julianne or julia whatever her name was the half japanese one mm-hmm. a few seasons ago and now tensley bethany deliberately does not want to bond with younger women and i will leave us on that okay leave us on that note because listen when one show ends Another one begins and uh, hit us with Married to Medicine. Jerry. Look, I don't even want to like go too deep on Married to Medicine because I feel like this episode was served just the way I want it. I have like, <laughs> a kind of appetizer. I can see the menu, what's coming my way. I have sweet and savory, spicy and mild, <laughs> salty. It's all ready to go. Um. I am not even going to go in order on this one. Okay. I want to start with the elation I had to see Mariah back on this episode. Um, and I want to start from the back because okay. I That's thought I good. what we are going to remember about this episode for a long time to come is the kind of return matchup of Heavenly versus Mariah and how Mariah won this one. Because when she said, ask Dr. Damon what he really likes, because there are plenty of women who have slept with him, and she has the receipts, I had my checkbook out willing (laughs) to put a receipt or two in there. Because the one thing I've always struggled with, with Heavenly and this show, and I, I hate to judge anyone's relationship, it's not me coming for that. I'm talking about what I see only on the show. Damon always seems inattentive and in a rush to leave the room. Oh, am I crazy? Am I, I miss seeing that? I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I hate <laughs> to even go there, but he's always just coming in from the hospital, and he's always on his way out, or gonna go to bed, or is tired, and it's like. <laughs> Are you guys ever going to share together more than five minutes on screen without the group? Because I'm waiting for that moment. But to be fair, I do think something about this show that is different from a lot of others is um, it is 
most of the doctors, the male doctors on the show are because the two best doctors are women, but most of the male doctors on the show, the husbands on the show are not as thirsty for TV time. They are not, uh, they're not, they're not like Lisa Vanderpump's husband. They're not like Peter Thomas. Except Dr. G, because Dr. G wants his airtime, okay? Let me tell you, he got it this episode. And we're going to go there in a second. Uh, um, (laughs) But Mariah's saying, using Rick Ross's lyrics, okay? To say, (laughs) F with me, you know I got it. (laughs) I forgot about that, yeah. (laughs) I have never been so tickled by Mariah. Normally, Mariah gets on my nerves. And her mother and her whole family, yes. Everything about Mariah. Like, I cringe when she comes on the scene. It is just too... It's hard. Everybody cannot be Andrea Kelly and Tamar and it's a lot it's too much and I can't. check your email oh my I hated that so much I hated it <laughs> um girl like hated it like I hated it hated it <laughs> but um this was well a, I will this say it's a good Mariah showing in this season keep uh-huh. an eye on Dr. Damon and Heavenly and I am not saying it in a way to dig at them, but the the presentation we're getting is a man who is always looking for the way out the room all the time. And even when all the okay. group is present, it's always like Eugene and Cecil and Curtis. And then like Dame is on the fringe and gets a word to win, but then wants to be the voice of reason. And it's like, um... You barely talk and you have all the answers. I don't believe it. All right. I, believe, I do believe Heavenly has, I mean, Mariah has some answers. Oh, I, don't know oh, I, th- them, I think she something. knows a lot. And if she knows a lot, that means the whole Atlanta, as we say down there, knows a lot too. Um, and oh, also, <laughs> there was a moment before we skip over the end of the show, before we wrap up the end of the show, but there was a moment that I also appreciated Mariah too. Because um, Mariah is a lot for me. And I, can, I will say that every day, over and over and over. Right. But. Um, what she said about quad seemed really kind because just as a viewer, you know, I like quad. I have a super special relationship with quad as a viewer though. Um, it, it was obvious why she wouldn't want to be there at that moment in real time. Totally obvious, totally normal. Yes. And I think all the ladies were kind of letting, you know, the production kind of get to them and the way the conversation was going wasn't necessarily fair or honest. And I think Mariah jumped in and said, listen, Quad has been trying to protect Dr. G. She's been understandably trying to protect herself. This is a lot. And it just seemed really kind. And, um, you know, they, they don't have the best relationship. So I don't know if it was totally <laughs> expected. So I don't know. I appreciated that. Well, I was going to bring that up too. And I did appreciate that because I also think that perhaps production knew this was going to be Quad's bad edit year mm-hmm. and Mariah is kind of there to give us an insight into where Quad's head is throughout this season you know what I mean um, kind of using her friendship with her to help us understand the interior of what this is like for Quad and speaking of Quad uh, we all love her but love her. parts of this episode were very Mona Scott Young and that is quad in those pajamas and that guest bedroom with the smile pillow. And when she <laughs> woke up, or we are led to believe she woke up 
and started making up that bed like an 80-year-old black grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I get why it's there. We're establishing the wake-up routine for her, but it was just a lot. And then her in the bathroom later on with the affirmations, like, don't let this get to you, girl, and all this stuff. And the way that Mariah can be a lot, sometimes for me, quad two can be a lot. So I find myself having to take almost deep breaths or fast forwarding past and coming back to a few of those moments because they are just so heavy handed. Also, Quad is my Jeff Lewis on this show. I'm like, a lot. What? She can do no wrong. What? (laughs) I'm not saying she's wrong, but I'm saying she is like a very spicy chicken wing. Whereas oh, I know you, I'm going to Mike, finish it. Mike, you know it. I love chicken, so there's that. <laughs> I'm going to finish it. I might need some breaks, <laughs> and I might need some water, and I might need some napkins, but the wing is getting finished. I know that. Right. Quad is the only reason I watched for a couple of seasons of this show. The only, were the only bearable scenes. Quad oh. scenes and Dr. Simone's yes. quips in the green screen interview because she is funny. Dr. Simone and Cecil. I root for these people like they birthed me. I love their honesty. But I almost wonder if they're putting on a bit extra just to spice the show up. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm with that. That makes that that's making sense to me. Um, best quote, we do not deserve Dr. Simone. Let me tell you, best quote of the entire series so far uh-huh. is first Curtis, <laughs> then Greg, now Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> she I she keeps it moving and I, I she keeps it moving. I was very happy at the close of the show that we did not have the men there. I was not ready for that. Um, But I think the show is very good at establishing strong women relationships. And that's something the other shows can learn from because you watch a few of the other series. I'm talking about like Beverly Hills. I'm talking about um, Orange County where there seems to be nothing happening with them in between shooting and then for whatever reason they're all back together again like they're all friends and it's it's hard to make that transition um so with married to medicine you do get a sense this has been going on will be going on when the cameras go away and when they come back and so for their friendships to be strong to be able to be in the same room heavenly and mariah they have my respect I'm with that, um, except, except actually, no, I'm not with that because I can't allow this. I cannot listen. I realized all the points I gave to Mariah, I realized that I took them all back because drawing on the picture at the reunion is just not that big of a deal. And I refuse to allow Mariah uh, to sit there and tell us that it is the worst thing that ever happened to her in her life. I want to take you to something very wise <laughs> Leanne Locken said on okay. Dallas this week that we're not talking about yet. We're not um, talking about Dallas yet. It's about the intention and not the words. Heavenly's words have said one thing consistently and her intentions have said another. And if someone jewel tankered or nobody else can teach her this, she's not willing to learn it. So I do think 
Heavily's feet have to be held to the fire until she gets fully burned and learns. Justin, we have all we have all been we together have been you know around a a snake or two. Oh Let me yeah, tell you, she drew a mustache on my headshot. We would take that off the door, walk in that room, shut the door, and laugh. Stop <laughs> true, it. True, true. Yeah, you would take the marker and finish the drawing. Okay, and we would laugh hysterically. It would not at all be the worst thing that ever happened to me. Okay, but but. <laughs> what happens after the laughter is done? How do we treat this snake? What do we put up with from that snake? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so for anyone who thinks that Heavenly deserves a million chances um, to get that close again, how sweet of them. But they're not deserved. And for but Heavenly to want a refresh every single time, it's like, girl, no, I know you are crazy. You don't get it like that again. And Dr. Jackie knows how to handle that very well. But can we have that conversation without pretending like drawing on a picture is the worst thing that ever, and literally saying that, <laughs> using those exact words? Well, I think Mariah needs to see <laughs> Leanne's therapist or whoever to give her Anybody. that vocabulary because okay. that's what she's trying to say, but she can't say it yet. Maybe okay. Rick Ross I'll has to that. wrap it first. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go. I don't, I'm, I'm too ashamed to even say this. I can't even. Uh, oh, safe space let always. Go. Let's go. That headline at the very beginning uh, of the episode. <laughs> I was not gonna bring that up, but <laughs> I, I, you are more than welcome to <laughs> serve it up. What? I'm just going to say finger D. <laughs> when they say Bravo allowed life, that to air. When they say it is real life. Oh my gosh. When they say it is real. Hey, look. Oh not only was that headline tough to take, <laughs> a few of the reactions were as well. I'm like, okay, guys, he told you in New York it went down. And now the woman who was involved is speaking up. And you were saying, you don't believe it? <laughs> what? I, so Jackie's like, uh, no, Curtis, Curtis, hey, Curtis, look, Curtis, Curtis, when you're in it, it's very real. Thank you. Because <laughs> you were still trying to get back in. Okay. What? What? What is going on? And I feel like for all those guys to pull this, you know, collective response of denial to this, what are these wives thinking? Like, uh, hey, we were all there. And I love that Married to Medicine breaks down that fourth wall. When we were in New York, <laughs> last time we filmed, um, because it confirmed for me that they don't take the reunions for Married to Medicine in Atlanta, neither does Potomac. Which, oh, that's right. They fly to New York. Yes, or Southern Or Charm. L.A. Yeah, right? which I kind of feel like is disrespectful. Uh, New, uh, New Jersey, too. But the only franchises that tend to shoot in their location are, like, Beverly Hills, um, New York, Atlanta. and Atlanta, which yeah, I think it. is telling. I think the, the, the two coastal cities that make sense, because it makes sense to bring everybody to one of those two. You get the best 
venue. Right. You don't have to fly in huge crews. It's just simple. It's you get it done. I think what it's telling is that, listen, Atlanta is a force to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to come to you because you've done such a good job. You have. You are keeping our lights on and our okay. bills paid and these okay, checks. What do you need, Lunithia? What do you need? I cannot wait till that season starts. American <laughs> Medicine is uh, is hitting it. You know, our Sunday nights... Uh, basically it's a tgif all over again thank you (laughs) the adult version of tgif but we um all over again we were uh, we were saying though with married to medicine starting so early and i'm grateful we are just stepping into september they are usually a fall show we're gonna divert a Mm -hmm. bit from the narrative track of what happened and talk about what this means for our fall (laughs) because this is important um I'm getting Atlanta on Sunday nights. I know this, but I'm trying to figure out what's the accompaniment. It'll be married Some to Some random sure. show filmed in Atlanta. How I husbands cheating on you, socialite, pageant, peach. Like some random. You I know what they do every I season. wish we would just get a <laughs> format going. What I really hated was Shady Sunday with Potomac, Atlanta, and Married to Medicine. I took great offense to that. So much so, I wrote Bravo. You did? Of course I did. I don't remember they were calling it Shady Sunday. Yes. That's so crazy. That would have offended me too. I don't remember because Bravo, your whole um It's all shade. Do you right. watch Jeff Lewis? Your whole, this is your whole right. It's just, this is just your whole programming. You you can't be if you're not shady, it doesn't pass. Listen, Mary's Medicine is hitting it. Yes. They are coming with it this season. This is the first season in the existence of this series that they started off. With a bang. If you are not loyal to some somebody on the show, you are watching because it is good. Yeah. You know what? This show. Lisa I, Nicole could never. I don't know who that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have evolved so much on Toya. I have come to see that Toya has a very good heart. And I, I like agree. that she led the... Uh, vocal montage <laughs> off the top of the show with the <laughs> slow moving shot of the city. I want to say Married to Medicine 2 does a better job <laughs> of montages of Atlanta than the rest of the shows. I agree. You're from Atlanta. I've lived in Atlanta. We both love Atlanta. Um, that is what I do like about the shows. That's one of my favorite parts about The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Just the city of Atlanta is beautiful. It is. And just the opening um, just shots, it's just, it's nice to watch. It's always springtime and just warm mm-hmm. enough. doesn't look too hot, which I appreciate too. Right, because you know it can get. It, it gets ugly. Hot. But wait, I cut you off and I didn't mean to. You wrote Bravo, would you say? Oh, yeah. So I was like, um, you know, hi, Bravo, first time, long time. Um this campaign about the Shady Sunday, I'm taking some umbrage with. If you were to have Shady September or Shady Year or Shady any other day, but the day that all your black and brown shows are under this umbrella, it is offensive. You all have taken shade from us and made it for all of you. All of your shows are based on shade. Have you seen Jeff Lewis? Have you seen Bethany Frankel? Everyone does it. I demand a change in brand on this. I'm going to still watch, but I will still continue to make noise until I see this go away. And one more thing, they don't all have to air on one night. Thank you very kindly. 
number and email attached for correspondence. <laughs> you could end that with the recording of Candy's opening. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> you know, and, and also, P.S., stop giving Candy all these uh, spinoffs. <laughs> I like Todd and Candy so much. I'm fine with it. I don't watch any of them. We we are all sorry for what happened, okay? She has won. (laughs) Please. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Okay. I hope my my text messages are going off. I hope that's not picking up. It probably is. Forgive me. But that's it. I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited um, for people to hear us. This is... These are the conversations that we actually have on the phone just to each other. Yes. I mean, to be a fly on the wall at a Brooke and Justin happy hour, brunch, uh, dinner. No one's ready. No one's ready. Corner moment in the newsroom, moment to breathe. (laughs) It is to be a TV show. Hello. And (laughs) I also think, too, um, we are in for a very exciting fall. If anyone's listening and also does their due diligence and they follow these um, tastemakers who are on these programs on social media, I'm very intrigued by what's happening in Japan with my friends from Atlanta, the Real Housewives of, because I have never seen some of the dancing and the turn upping (laughs) coming out of Japan that I saw these women do on Instagram just 24 hours ago. So, Brooke, we are just getting warmed up. Can I tell you one more thing before we go? Um, we we always go way longer than we aim to. But one thing about Atlanta that is fascinating to me, listen, I like drama. I like the dramatic shows. I I only have really, you know, room enough in my heart for one show. I watched Tia and Tamara's show, and I liked the, the reality two. show. Yeah, I liked so it. Good. I it was cute. It was just a two- <laughs> girls no drama two girls that just loved each other they're sisters and they love each other and i loved that but i don't have any more room in my brain for that okay the rest of the shows i want to watch i want it to be trash okay i want people to fight i want people to argue i want people to work things out it is a stress reliever for me okay but atlanta we have had enough and so if we had a whole season of them just getting along and being funny i would be fine with that i think we're getting that um i would be totally fine what i have heard though we may not be getting that from Beverly Hills. Um, That's fine. And, you know, when they fight ever since the Russell suicide, I just mm. have to really meditate, do some yoga, center myself, because the way some of my blonde sisters do business on their shows, it makes me so uncomfortable because they don't just scream and yell like my ethnic people on Atlanta and New Jersey on these shows, they play dirty and it can get really, really real. So we will see what Denise Richards brings because I know she is a mess all by herself. <laughs> <laughs> and with those other messes on that show, Lisa Renna the God, I'm I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready too. All right. That's uh episode three. Good show. Good show. Good show. A bunch of good shows. We're going to pick up um, on Dallas and OC. We're watching those. Dallas is getting better. We're going to pick up on those. Don't worry. Next episode, we're going to pick up on those. Get you all caught up um, what we think about the girls in the country. That's right. And, you know, we're going to talk about Beaver Creek and why I think Cameron's actually saving the show. Okay, that's an interesting. We're going to disagree about that, too, but I'm with it. (laughs) 
And I'm really trying, I am trying to find some free time in my life so that maybe we can squeeze some shots recaps in. I think I once trying. we phase out basketball lives also coming next week, we can uh-huh. start to get on shots by that Because point, I have like six episodes to up. catch up on. Yes. Okay, yeah. so I'm trying. I'm trying. I just discovered Shaws, by the way. That's what? why Brooke. I did. I told you that, though. Oh, my. I have watched Shaws from day one. I watched the last one. season's reunion and was like, oh, snap, this is good. But, okay, we're going to wrap yes. this up. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. See ya.